0: Thank you. Sure it's good to be back. It seems like it's been eternity since I've been here, but it's only been two years. So uh, I praise the Lord for the opportunity to be able to come and and preach and teach uh, the Word of God to you. And um, a lot, a lot of things has happened in the last two years with the Intercessor Ministries, and um, I'll be telling you a little bit about that uh, throughout the week. But if I can call your attention right now to First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, <coughs> Chapter Five, chapter Five. And we'll dive right into it because it seems like sometimes I have a they give me 35, 45 minutes. And it seems like 10 minutes. You know, it just flies by so quickly. And, um, and I hope you do have your Bible. You know, coming to church without your Bible is like going to a buffet without a plate. You know that? And so we need, we need our Bible um, before you. Look in verse 15. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. Now, I call this the essentials to a life of prayer. And um, I have been dealing with First Thessalonians for the last year and a half, I guess now. And um, I'll, I'll be telling you a story uh, in a few moments of, that, that um, drove me to these, these verses. And so let's look at verse 15. Uh, 15, and then I'll, I'll have a word of prayer, and I'll tell you a story after I pray. Let's read this verse. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to be able to be back at Berean Baptist Church with my friends, my family. And, Lord, I thank you for traveling mercies yesterday. And, and Lord, I just thank you, thank you so much to be able to stand this morning, to be able to open your word. And I pray that I can be a blessing to them. And, Lord, I pray I can be very loving and caring, and Lord, if I can't, I'll have a seat and just be quiet. And allow pastor to do the teaching and the preaching. And then, Father, there may be a lost person sitting before me this morning. They have never met you. They know nothing about you. And I pray that this morning, even during Sunday school, I know the Spirit will speak to them. And I pray that in their free will they'll call upon you to save their soul. I sure love you. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. I walked into a church a year and a half ago, going on two years now, but will be two years in April. It's in Pennsylvania, York, Pennsylvania. It's an internationally known church. They used to bring in about 1,000 people just on the buses. And um, 60 years old, three pastors. And I walked into this church. Oh, my goodness. Brother Rena, it was was one of the most friendliest churches. They, They shook my hand, and my hand was almost sore. I mean, they were friendly and and they were just wanting to talk to me and every they looked good they really did and they were very like i said very friendly very loving and uh, had about 600 people there that morning 600 people there and and so i just you know you know i've been coming here for years so you know how i do i just got up and I got to, I started talking to the people and getting to know them. And then I started preaching the Bible. And as I began to preach the Bible, things started happening. And it really shocked me because I thought, I thought that that it was one of these, one of the most loving churches I have ever been in. Separated, Bible believing, exciting churches. But after about three nights, I realized that it was a very angry church. A lot of malice, a lot of envy, a lot of clamor, and all those things that the Bible says we shouldn't have in our life if we're going to have a prayer life. You can't have that kind of stuff in your life if you're going to have a prayer life. And so I just kept pounding away preaching the word of god with love in my heart to them telling them i love you i love you i love you every night i love you and 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 just preaching the bible i don't preach my interpretation of the bible we don't need we don't need interpreters in the pulpit we need we need preachers in the pulpit and and preachers that will give you what the bible says instead of what they think the bible says so, so I don't I don't do that. I just read the Bible, let the Bible speak for itself. So that's what I did. And people started coming down the aisles. I was only booked to be there a week. I was there seven weeks. I had to call ahead and, and get uh, to get my meetings canceled because I'm booked up every every almost every week of the year. I do 48-week-long meetings a year. I used to do 52. And that, that's almost full-time, isn't it? 52. There's only 52 weeks in a year. And and so used to every week. Every week I was some in a different place. And so I said, Pastor, I can't stay next week. I, I'm scheduled to be in California in a Spanish church, and they really want revival there too. And the preacher said he wouldn't free me up to stay in Pennsylvania. And I said, oh, he said, "Can you call him back?" I said, "No, sir. I have to be ethical." And uh, and so I went to California, and I got a call from Pennsylvania. And the Pennsylvania sound man said, "Brother Peckham, I got an idea. You're three hours. There's three hours difference. And when you when when it's four o'clock there, it's going to be seven o'clock in Pennsylvania. Would you get in a room somewhere?" And And get your wife to set up your iPad or computer, and we 're going to shoot you up on the wall in Pennsylvania, and you're going to preach to us at at four o'clock at seven o'clock. It would be four o'clock your time. Well, I learned something that week. Guess what? Brother Beckham can be two places at the same time <laughs> and preach and see things. And, and so it was, it was amazing. It was amazing at, at what God did. Over 60-some-odd people got saved. The church was turned upside down, the spiritual. And guess what? It's going on two years, and they're still in revival, still in revival. They're not meeting every night, but almost every day, almost every other day, someone gets saved And they walk down the aisle on Sunday. They get baptized. They get uh, discipled. And and they are sticking. And guess what? The preacher told me this past week, we have had over 50 families to join our church during this revival. 50 families. But you know what they did? They got cleaned up. They They didn't play church no more. The pastor told me, he said, I have been playing church and my church has been playing church. And he asked me, Brother Reno, the pastor said, Brother Beckham, tell me my problem. Oh, I hate it when pastors ask me that. Because because I'm going to, if the pastor tells you to do something, you have to do it. And, And he said, I want you to tell me my problem. I said, no, you don't. He said, yes, I do. And we argued a little bit. And, um, well, I told him, I said, you're too busy to have revival. You got too much on the books to have revival. You're just too busy. And he was too busy. Well, he got up the next night, and he said, Brother Beckham told me I'm too busy, that I'm killing you folks and all this stuff. And he said, I want revival, folks. And he said, we can't have revival if I'm too busy and if you're too busy. And so he had three calendars, not one, three. He had one for himself, one for the church, and one for the school, large school. So he said, I'm going to clear all three calendars. He had internationally known preachers and evangelists booked to be there. He lost five families that night. Five families got up and walked out, you know. Because he canceled all the ball games. This was before the virus. This is when everything was going smoothly. And, for, and, and so he canceled everything. We started at 7 at night. It was 10, 30, 11, 30, 12, 30, sometime 1 o'clock before we, before we left the church People were staying at the church. A group of men was staying at the church all night long and praying all night and going to work the next day. They did that for seven weeks. And And someone asked me, what, what does it cost to have real revival? Well, it would cost your time, it would cost you a lot of things, and... Um, If you want revival, we can have revival. But if we don't want it, and we're not willing to do whatever God leads us to do to have it, we won't never have it. So look in verse 15 again. God has shown me that just because someone sits in a church, that doesn't mean that they are right with God. Just because a man stands behind a podium, it doesn't mean that he's right with God. And, and I'll tell you a little bit as, as I go along. But look look and see what the Bible... Now, this is not Brother Beckham's interpretation. I'm not giving you what the Greek says about, about this verse. I'm not, I'm not trying to explain and give... Uh, explain anything to you. I'm just reading what it says here. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. We started we started having testimony services. They went for hours and hours and people started saying, it it surprised me because it, it was one of the most friendliest churches I had ever walked into and 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 then all of a sudden they just bust my bubble because people I thought was friendly was just eaten up with anger and envy and, and all this stuff. And they are saying they are. I mean publicly. They are saying I am I am angry. I am I am upset with my spouse. I am upset with mom and dad and all of this stuff. And I'm thinking, boy, we're we're gonna have revival here. Because these folks are serious and they started getting all that stuff out of them. Now, look in verse 16. I as I walked into to, uh, Bible Baptist Church of York, Pennsylvania, I, they, they, they acted like they were rejoicing in the Lord Church, but listen, they were not, they were not rejoicing. And, and there was no way they could rejoice. There was no way they could do what the, the, the Bible says is the essentials to a prayer life. There was no way they could do it because they were so full of evil and anger. But as they got that straightened out, then I saw the same group begin to rejoice there's all kind of ways of rejoicing. You know, some people, uh, they get emotional and they cry. Some people wave their hands. Some people shout. Some be, you know, they do it all kind of ways. And I saw these people genuinely rejoice in the Lord. And they started, their singing even got better. Everything got better, the choir, everything, as as the days went by. And so you may be here this morning, and you, like David, have lost your joy. But let me tell you, there's a problem if you have lost your joy. If Brother Benny loses my joy, there's a problem in my life. Because let me tell you, evil, anger, malice, that stuff will rob you of your joy. It will sap it away from you. And and the only way you can get it back is to confess what? Confess the wrongdoings so that you can have your joy back. And, And it doesn't just say rejoice, but it says rejoice evermore. See, when we read the Bible most preachers read what they want to preach on. But I have learned in the last, oh, probably two years now, that if you're going to preach a verse, preach all of the verse. Preach the whole counsel of God. And let the Word of God speak. Amen? And so it says here, rejoice evermore. Rejoice. Now, as I look at you, and I say this jokingly sometimes to to kind of break the ice in the South, I'll say, have you been sucking lemons today? What's wrong with you? You look so sad. And And all last week I was in one of those kind of churches. I kind of played with them a little bit about... Oh, you wasn't sucking lemons the day you were sucking uh, green persimmons. Because some of you... And then I'll say sometime, tell your face that you're happy. Amen? Yeah. Tell your face that you're happy. Because the Bible says that we are to be a rejoicing people, right? If I started over here this morning and went down the road and asked you, Are you happy? Could you say, yes, preacher, I'm happy. If you can't say I'm happy, there's a reason that you can't say I'm happy. This section here and this section over here. But I want you to notice what else it says here. It says, render, see not render evil for evil, rejoice evermore. And then it says, pray without ceasing. I can't do that. One man said, I can't do that. I said, why not? He said, well, Brother Beckham, I'm a truck driver. I said, well, what does that have to do with praying? He said, well, I'm in a truck almost 24 hours a day. He said, I go across the country and um, I can't do that. I said, wait a minute. Tell me your definition of prayer. What, what do you think prayer is? He said, "Well, I, you have to kneel on your knees and you have to and you mutter a bunch of words. That's prayer." And I cannot do that in a truck. I cannot drive a truck and get in the floorboard of my truck. I said, "Oh, quit being silly," with a smile on my face. you being silly. That's posture, sir. That's not prayer. Prayer." Is a relationship with God. It's just a relationship. It's a walk with God, and and you can do that all the time. You can do that without ceasing. I pull down. I have. I have. Well, it's my family and I are debating whether I have ten thousand books in my library or whether I have seven or eight thousand books in my library. That's a big debate right now. And and so I pulled I pulled down some of these modern guys to see what they say about about praying without ceasing. Guess what? Most of them didn't even touch on it. But what in the world? The most important verse, and you're leaving it out, and you would saying just a few words about it. So up way up on the shelf, an old book about old reprint of a book, 360 years old, pulled it down. And those old men back then, they didn't didn't know how to just write a paragraph. They wrote books, books on verses. And so I started reading, and I thought, wow, this is good. He said it was like having a cough. (coughs) and all night (coughs) just constantly (coughs) coughing and that's that's what that old Puritan said that's the way that's the way you pray without ceasing you get up in the morning and you say thank you Father for waking me up amen and as you walk to the coffee pot you say thank you for the coffee and then as you, and, and all day long, as you do things, you just thank God for them. And, and, and during the day, if a temptation comes your way, you say, Father, would you take care of that temptation? Or if someone says something to you that kind of ruffles your feathers instead of saying something that will ruffle their feathers back, you say, God, take care of that. And you just do that all day long. And at the end of the day, you'll find yourself having prayed all day, all day, all day. But if you let the temptation throw you a curve, that's not good. Or you let somebody in your life get you angry. Listen, Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, if I cherish own doing or cherish something and won't repent of it, the Lord will not hear me. That's the reason why Paul starts here rendering evil for evil because that's the problem. Everywhere I go, it doesn't matter if it's internationally known church. It doesn't matter if it's a mega church. It doesn't matter if the church is running 25 or, or 100 or whatever. There is a problem seemingly in all of these churches these days. We have allowed the virus to make us angry. We have allowed all this stuff to make us say things we shouldn't say. And Listen. Are you hearing that pronouns? I'm not just talking to you. I'm not just preaching to you. Oh, my soul, I need to hear this too. Amen. Is there anybody in here perfect? I I asked that one night in North Carolina. Brother Reno, I asked that question. I have learned not to. A man stood on the second rope. And said, yes, preacher, I'm perfect. I said, you are? He said, yes, sir. Well, about middle ways of the sermon, he found out he wasn't. Amen. And, and so, um, can I just step back for a moment and just ask you a question this side right here? Is there anything in your life that is keeping you from being a joyful Christian? Is there anything in your life that is stopping you from praying and having a desire to pray? You know, I'm reading a new book right now on prayer. I have over 1,400 on prayer. But I found another one. I'm reading it right now. I'm over halfway done. This side right here. Is there any... in your life that is causing you not to be able or having a desire to pray without ceasing just ask yourself and then the center section and up here and then i have to ask that question to myself Is there anything in my life that has caused me not to be joyful and not to be able to pray or have a desire to pray? You know, a lot of times, you know, the book I'm reading now says that most prayers is made up of, Lord, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. We are seeking, he makes a statement in that book, he said, most people are seeking not the face of God, but the hand of God. We need to seek the face of God. We need to seek that relationship, not just what we can get from God. God is a giving God. God. And he will supply all of our needs and he will take care of our problems. But we have to do our part too. And our part starts in verse 15 of this one passage and then it just gives us things that we need to do. But are you doing them? If you're not doing them, then there's no reason to even go into your closet. Or come to the altar. Because God's not going to listen. He's not going to hear you. Can I show that to you? Just, Just take your Bible and turn to Psalms. Because I am learning that a lot of people don't even know this verse is in the Bible. But it's so important. Psalm 66, 18. And again, again, I'm going to just read it to you. I'm going to just read it to you right out of the book, okay? If I, if Benny Beckham, that's the way I read it. If Benny Beckham regards iniquity in his heart, the Lord will not hear him. That's pretty plain, isn't it? In church, if 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 Brother Beckham can, with all the love I can muster, of you know, I love Berean Baptist Church. I love Pastor. I love his family. Uh, I try to love everybody. I even try to love my enemies. I try to love everybody because Jesus says to, Amen. Yeah. So so. Let's be honest. I remember saying that to Bible Baptist Church of York. I said folks, just be honest. Just be honest. You know how it is, mom and dad when you're children when when you look out the window and you see Johnny slapped Susie and then you bring them in and Susie's a screaming and 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 Johnny is being disrespectful and and you you say Johnny, why did you hit your sister? Dad, I didn't hit my sister. She's just being a female. She's just wanting to cry. Johnny, let's start over. I saw you hit your sister. No, Dad, you didn't see. That was somebody else you saw. You didn't see me. Now, you know how that hurts you, right, as a mom and dad? It bothered me when my children would lie to me. It hurt me. But, church, God is real. He's not some spirit floating around in the heavenlies. He lives within our hearts, 1 Corinthians 6 19 and 20. He lives within us. And so, He sees, he, everywhere we go, He goes. He sees what we see, hear what we, and he says, Benny, son, why do you have that evil in your life? Why do you have that grudge against someone? Benny, why why aren't you rejoicing in me? Benny, why aren't you praying? Why aren't you doing that, Benny Beckham? You wrote books on prayer. You preach all of the country and out of the country on prayer. Why aren't you doing it? I haven't heard from you in two days. Hello? See, people think just because Brother Beckham is the head of a prayer ministry and I write books and put out magazines and all this stuff that I'm this super-duper prayer guy. I'm not. I have to work at it every day. I have to crucify myself every day. I had to say, I have to say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for that. Amen. I have to. One preacher said, I was preaching at this conference, and guy got up and he said, uh, "Tonight we have with us," um, and he quoted the preacher that that said this. And he said, Dr. So and so said that Brother Beckham is the unbounds of our day. Brother Reno, I wanted to go under the carpet. I wanted I got up and I was so I don't know, it just did something to me. I I, I can't I couldn't even tie the man's shoe strings. But but um that's, that's the way people look at me, just because I preached here, or I preached there, and or, or I do this, or I do that. I wrote this book and wrote that book. No, no, no. We judge, we, we judge our lives, not people's, other people's lives, but we judge ourselves by the word of God. And every day I look at this. And I say, Father, help me to to be able to do this. Help me to live by these verses so I can be, so I can bring glory to you. See, that's why we should live like like Christians, so that we can bring glory to God. Amen? You understand that, church? We live not to bring um, glory to ourselves. We live to bring glory to our Father. And please don't think I'm trying to be religious or spiritual this morning. I'm just telling you what the book says. I'm just sharing with you with just my heart. So I hope that you'll take these verses and I hope that you will, you'll just say yes or no to them. Verse 15 Yes or no, are you rendering evil for evil? Yes or no, are you rejoicing? Yes or no, have you prayed without ceasing this week? Have you? I hope you have. And if you haven't, don't don't beat yourself up. Don't quit. Don't get discouraged. Just say, Father, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've treated you the way I have this week. And just start doing better. Just start doing better. That's what we need to do. I love you. And I don't say those words just loosely. Some people may think I do because I say it a lot. But when I tell you I love you, I love you. And I have learned to love my churches down through the years. 20 years now, Miss. My first wife has been in heaven, and, um, and this ministry was started. And God has graciously, graciously blessed. Well, let's pray, all right? Father, I thank you for 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I thank you for the spirit that's in this place. Lord, I feel so, so good, feel so at home, and Lord, I pray that I can be a blessing to Brother Reno, to his family, to the church, and even to this community and to this city this week while I'm here. Use me. I know I'm not much. But, Lord, I want to be used today. And if tonight comes, I want you to use me again. And if Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday comes, Lord, I I just pray that you can use me for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.